When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. It is list season as far as NFL talk is concerned, and I've seen a couple of lists ranking edge rushers so far, but the one that recently came across my Twitter feed was Daniel Jeremiah, Bucky Brooks, NFL.com, did kind of a snake draft. Each had four picks, eight picks total. So a fun way to pretty much rank the top eight yeah, edge right. rushers in the NFL. But you build a team in the process. So Jeremiah right? went first, Brooks went second, back and forth they go. Jeremiah goes first, he takes Nick Bosa. Totally cool with it. Rating, Rating defensive, defensive player, player of the year. Of the year right. Probably the best edge rusher in the NFL right now. Went healthy, too. Yeah. Number two, Miles Garrett went to Bucky Brooks. He's top three, for sure. I have no problem with Miles Garrett being there. He's elite. Uh, I'm not even going to argue that. Two-time first-team All-Pro, two more times on the second-team All-Pro. Uh, was fifth in defensive player of the year voting last year. I mean, guy's a stud. Mm-hmm. Take off your yellow, black and yellow glasses. I know he is in the ugliest uniform known to man. Guy's a stud. Number three, Daniel Jeremiah comes back around. He picks Mr. T.J. Watt. Now, I bet a lot of Steelers fans see that and just lose their mind. Right. <laughs> you like that? Right. That was good. Because you never want to see a Cleveland Brown in front of you, your Pittsburgh yeah. Steeler. And I think that there's always kind of been this need for the media and nationally to crown Miles Garrett as the best defensive player in football basically ever since he stepped on the field. I mean, he was a stud prospect. Out of Texas A&M, I mean, that dude was slam dunk first overall pick material. Watt was not that out of Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Watt was 30th overall pick, and people questioned his size a little bit. Should have probably taken a longer look at that last name and realized that you know things like being a little too small or whatever is not going to hold back a Watt from becoming the best in the NFL. But it always felt like Garrett was supposed to be next, right? Like Donald always had it, and then it's going to be Garrett as number two. And in the same way that they've kind of done that with the Browns in general, like they've always had next, right, ever since the Garrett draft and the Baker draft. Like they're next. They're next up. Like they're the team that's going to break through and win some playoff games. And Garrett's the same way. And like I said, I think Garrett is is for sure a top three edge rusher in the NFL right now. Um, But it just seems to me that there is – this anticipation for them to stamp him right. in front of TJ Watt and even in front of Bosa they're for just, that they're, to stamp they're just, him as number one. They're just drooling at the bone, really. And I think it has to do with the fact that media personalities always like to guard and protect their prior takes. And how many people had that take when he was coming out of Texas A&M? And well, like, first of all, he was. First of all, he was the number one overall pick. Why would you not say that? He's going to be the best. He's going to be better than Aaron Donald. He's going to be the the best kind of edge rusher that we've seen in a long time in the NFL. He's going to help lead the Browns to all the glory that they could ever get to. And he's done. Like he's not a bust by any. Like he's done. That. No, absolutely he's not. A he's great not a bust. Player, yeah, but 
You could say he's, you could say he's the best Cleveland Brown of the 21st century. <laughs> I'd say so. Right? Yeah. Is it him or Josh Cribbs? I mean, oh well, jo- wow, Josh Cribbs. So, but my point being, like, so they talk about Garrett, and he's not a bust by any sense of the imagination, but he's never been able to get to that mountaintop yet. Right. Last year it was Bosa. The year prior to that it was Watt. He just hasn't been able to thread that needle and be the top guy in a single season. Um, but I actually don't mind Bucky Brooks taking Miles Garrett over T.J. Watt in this snake draft. Because of? Because of the injury problem. Yeah. And I guarantee you that's really the only reason why he decided to take Garrett over Watt. He probably trusts that Garrett's going to be healthier this year. Yeah, this isn't just a give me this guy's stats. This is like a, it's like a real draft. Oh, like, no, because historically, career-wise, Watt's number one between these three guys. Oh, absolutely. sack record, and he's won a defensive player of the year. Then it's Bosa because of his defensive player of the year. And then, unfortunately, it's Garrett and you, because he doesn't have that hardware yet. And, yeah, it's it's unfortunate that TJ's been the one to struggle with injuries uh, for the majority of his career. But you look at the games played, right, and the averages of of – Sack win or, or pass rush win rate and sacks per game. You know what and, and it's turnover, like? Or splash plays per game. It's like the Sid versus Ovechkin comparison. Right. When they're always really close points-wise or goals-wise. Not goals-wise. Ovi's a freak at scoring goals. But you know what I mean. Points-wise, they're always kind of passing each other back and forth. Career points-wise. But then wise, you look at games played and, and Sid's, Sid's played like 300 less are games. ridiculously higher than Ovi's. Yeah, it's the same thing with Watt. I mean, Watt missed two games in 2021 mm-hmm. and he tied the sack record. He only had five and a half sacks in 10 games last year, but the year prior missed two games again, had 15 sacks. So, like, and every year, Tom, he finished ahead of Miles Garrett. Except for last year. Well, but of course, last you year. You have to take that with a grain of salt. Of course, last because year. Because of the injury problem. Um, but, like, that, we're not talking about, we're talking about when they're both playing a full season or as close to a full season as possible. TJ Watt has finished ahead of Miles Garrett every year of their careers. Yes. And, I, but, I, Again, I don't, you know, put Bucky Brooks' feet to the flames here for picking Garrett over because him. If this because this is like this a is career a, draft. It's then not, you want the guy to, the, the you want the guy who is going to be available to you. Yes, for twenty twenty three, you know, you would risk mm-hmm. that Garrett would be that guy instead of TJ Watt. Um, but these two are just going to be forever intertwined, compared to Co- each other. Like same connected, draft, same yeah, yeah, draft yeah. class from each other. Um, Garrett has played 84 games in his NFL career. Watt has actually played 87 games, so a couple more mm-hmm. games than Garrett. Garrett had some injury problems earlier in his career. 74 and a half sacks so far for Garrett. 77 and a half for Watt. I mean, they're 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 right there, and they, you know, are going to be looked at. I think 10 years down the road as wow. What a rivalry inside that AFC North between probably oh, yeah. the two best pass rushers that the the league saw during that time span. Um, but again, it just comes down to the health thing for Watt. And really, Steelers fans, if you're outraged because Garrett's in front of Watt, I would actually look at this the other way hmm. and say that the fact that Watt is still number three yeah, despite, despite missing all the time, time that he's missed, that just shows and you that what if, people think of him. If he was never bogged down by injuries, there'd be no question he'd be number one in everyone's eyes. The only thing that's keeping him from that is is the human element. And I think just the fact that, you know, TJ had his worst injury uh, of his career last year, kind of around the same time that JJ 
started to have a lot of his chronic injury yeah. problems and had his body start to turn on him a little bit uh, more so than in the past. So I think there is some, some worry there when it comes to, to TJ. But as far as his on-the-field impact is concerned, it's you can't argue it. I mean, he comes back in the second half of the season, and despite not being his Superman self, mm-hmm. was still instrumental in the Steelers, turning the season around and you know, kind of spurning a lot of this optimism that we have for this coming season because of how well last season ended. Uh, so as far as a bounce back, if you want to call it, for Mr. T.J. Watt in, in 2023. See, I, I don't know if you can call that because bounce back would re- imply that he regressed in his actual on-field play, which and I just he think didn't he was do. Hurt. I just think he was hurt even when he came back. Um, it's amazing they still made the Pro Bowl <laughs> despite only playing 10 games last year, but... Um, I, I just think that those seven games down the stretch, he just was not himself. He was able to draw attention and help right. the defense out by just being there, kind of as a decoy almost, the Jamie Tot decoy. Mm. But you want Watt to be more than that. He he doesn't just take on double teams for the sake of taking them on. He takes them on and then also beats them and gets to the quarterback. Uh, I, I fully expect to have him... Um, return to form at the beginning of the season. It's just you're going to hold your breath all year long for injuries to happen. And Absolutely. If, if it does happen, then it's only, you know, maybe a sprained ankle that heals up real fast or something that's not going to linger for an entire season. Yeah, I mean, it, you got to hope that it doesn't come at an inopportune time like it did last year, right? Whether it's at the very beginning of the season and then the rest of the team kind of where you have such high expectations going into the season, and then week one he goes down, you say to yourself, oh, my gosh, you know, this team relies so much on T.J. Watt. How are we going to move forward the rest of the season without him? Or if you get – you start off hot, you do really well, you do better than people expect you to, and you're coming down to the later weeks of November and, and the month of December and early January, and then he goes down then and he's unavailable for whatever crunch games or crunch time games that you have at the end of the season – that's going to be hard too, to 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 mentally move on without him. But you just got to hope, Tom. And like you said, you just, all you have to do is just kind of wait to see if something actually happens or not. Yeah, no, no question about it. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think you could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. One thing that we're all waiting to see will happen is if TJ Watt's running mate's going to get a contract extension. Alex Highsmith was actually a part of an ESPN.com feature Mm. about NFL contract negotiations and latest updates on 19 stars. Uh, Actually, before we get to Highsmith, there's a quick little nugget in there. How about Barkley, Saquon? Yeah. On the franchise tag. Calling him out. I like it. But saying if the deal's not done before the July 17th deadline to negotiate contracts with franchise tag players... 
I might not be playing this year for New York. We've seen that movie play out Many here in times. Pittsburgh. In, in Pittsburgh and around the league, yeah. And, I mean, the Dal- you, you compound that with the Dalvin Cook story, too. I See mean- if this sounds familiar, too. For Barkley, it's about the guaranteed money. Mm. Mm, where have we heard that one before from Here's a running back? Here's the thing, back? though. We know how tantalizing guaranteed money in New York can be for specific players. Looking at Le'Veon Bell and the guaranteed money he got from the Jets. I'm not far-fetched to say that when Bell was going through his contract dispute, he was a better player than Barkley is right now, right? I don't think there's... No. I don't think I don't think you should receive any pushback. Barkley's had two good years. His rookie season and last, last year. year. And then and there were what three a couple years of injury in riddled years in was between. It two years or three years. Two or years three in where he just couldn't stay healthy. Uh Barkley number three overall pick or something like that. Obviously an incredible talent. Number two, I believe. Probably yeah. the most talented running back that yeah. you've seen come out of college in recent memory. But on field performance wise, Lev was a lot better than where Barkley is right now. So I, I, I think it, it, it has to be done if you're Saquon Barkley because you just saw Daniel Jones make all of this money last year after this big you know, season, this turnaround season that got you into the playoffs and winning a playoff game. And you're probably like, dude, I was the st- mm-hmm. straw that stirred most of that drink Absolutely. on the offense. I was the main catalyst in that getting us to whatever. We had 10, 11 wins and getting to the playoffs and winning a playoff game. So... I understand why it's now time for him to make that move. I just hope that he doesn't get too hung up on the guaranteed stuff like Lev did because yeah, that's, how you, that's how you can how shoot it, yourself in the foot. You saw how it burned Lev. No question about it. I mean, and, and to that point about that you made about uh, Saquon versus Daniel Jones, Antonio Brown was arguably the best player regardless of position in the NFL, right, from, what, 2013 to 2017? But you and I have said so many times in this show, we think we enjoyed watching Le'Veon play more than we did Antonio Brown. Yeah, because the style was just so unique. So, and to, the fact that there's nobody even close to an Antonio Brown on that offense and in New York and Daniel Jones is nowhere near Ben Roethlisberger, <laughs> they how, need, do you, how do you not just say to Saquon, yes, we need you, you are our most valuable player. Yes, let's make something work. I have a feeling they're going to as well. I don't see why they wouldn't want to sign Saquon Barkley for an extension. Injury would be the only thing that would be keeping you from doing so, but I don't know. I think I'd take a risk when it comes to that guy. With the Steelers, though, it's Alex Highsmith. He's next on the docket for a contract extension. Um, 14 and a half sacks last year. Career best. It's going into one more year on his contract this year, and then he could be franchise tagged at the end of next season or extended or just let go. Uh, $16 million ish is kind of the market that you've heard from him per mm-hmm. year. That's pretty steep to pay for a, a number two edge rusher. Yeah. I think that, and this would be an unpopular take about, well, first let's just put a, this out here. He has been practicing in minicamp from all accounts, which is one thing that people were keeping their eye on. Would he maybe do this hold the hold in. in thing? And we don't know yet because it's not training camp. He still might, but this was the first mandatory, you know, step in the off season. And he showed up, and he showed up, and he practiced. So that might be writing on the wall that he will show up at St. Vincent. Um, I said this yesterday though when I was hosting for Mark. Like, you know, people always say like you got to be a certain caliber of a player to hold in. Well, the Steelers when Deontay Johnson held in last year, I think they kind of reset the bar for the caliber mm-hmm. of player. 
if I'm Alex Highsmith and I see DJ hold in, I'm, I just had 14 and a half sacks. I can hold in. Right. And I agree with him on that, if that's the conclusion he reaches. But again, all signs so far point to that he will be a participant fully while he, he works on a contract extension. I wouldn't extend him. I would either franchise tag him at the end of this season, get one more year out of him, because then you get another year to prove it. Like, was right. 14 and a half a fluke, or are you the real deal? Then you tag him, and yeah, you got to eat pretty expensive cap space for sure. one year there, and it's fully guaranteed. But again, you're you're not tied down long term, and that's just no, a one time payment. If he flops, you know, or it regresses. But I also kind of like door number three. Just let Highsmith go, and replace him in the draft. You have now afforded yourself yeah. the ability to use a first round pick, to use a second round pick on an edge rusher. But here's the thing: if you too, insulate Tom. that edge rusher with a Marcus Golden type, hell, maybe it's even Marcus Golden again next year. Then you all of a sudden get cheaper and maybe not better, but hopefully adequate enough to be a serviceable outside linebacker in Highsmith's stead. Um, I, I just think that obviously that door is risky because you could draft a bust. But if you found Alex Highsmith out of Charlotte in the second or third round, why can't you do it again, right? It's, it's a good point that you raised, but <clears throat> excuse me. Didn't we just say in a previous episode – it's easy to say spend a first round draft pick here or spend it here or wherever, but you only get one really per sure. year. And if you let Alex Highsmith go and wherever you're picking in the draft, you hope it's not toward the top, right? Because the Steelers had the, they traded up from what, 16 to 14 this past year or 17 to 14 this past year to get Broderick Jones. You would hope you're not drafting near either of those spots because that would imply that you didn't make the playoffs and you go another year without a postseason victory. You would hope that you're drafting somewhere in the mid to late 20s. I mean, God forbid it's in the 30s. I mean, that'd be incredible, but we don't have that kind of expectations right now for this team. So my point is, Tom, if you're drafting somewhere in the mid, even if early, early 20s or somewhere in the mid to late area of that part of the draft, the talent we know is not going to be as good as the teens and the high tens or whatever. So if you only have one draft pick in the first round, are you going to spend it on the inside linebacker position where you don't even like the starters? Or are you going to spend it on the outside linebacker position where you don't like the depth? And yeah. You need, and you need a guy behind TJ now. Yeah. I mean, I think inside backer is just so obviously the number one need. But the, right, cla- so, the class but- has to fall in line yeah, with you. Yeah, right. Though. Maybe Absolutely. it's a bad inside linebacking class, right, right, but right, right, when you're right. picking at number 21, there's a really good edge rusher that's sitting there that you want to take a flyer on. So, I, I don't know. I, I'm not going to be upset if they extend Highsmith. You know, maybe, yeah, I, right. maybe I criticize putting that much money towards a player like him, but then the onus kind of becomes on Highsmith to make himself worth that contract. So, I'm not going to cry over spilled milk if Highsmith ends up inking that deal with the Steelers. I just think that maybe I would explore the other options before signing a long-term deal with him. As far as the 14-and-a-half sack season last year being a fluke or being really who he is, do you think he continues that this year? Do you? Let's put it this way. Do you think he at least gets to that double-digit sack plateau again? He doesn't have to get to 14-and-a-half again. Hopefully, T.J. Watt's healthy enough to take some sacks away from him. But I, I think he should get to at least 10, 10-and-a-half. Yeah, I expect him to, and that's in large part to. It's in large part with a factor of T.J. Watt. 
because he has a little bit of wad in him too where he can get streaky, right? Like he has yeah. those three sack games, those two sack kind of games. Well, what I was saying, what I what the reason I brought Did up he have TJ a four sack game last year. Is Alex because, I don't think so. I think just that three sack game. But the reason I bring up TJ's name is because if things go right, we saw Alex Highsmith splits between his sack total with TJ Watt on the field and without TJ Watt on the field. And he was obviously more productive playing alongside TJ. And if things go right, if TJ plays a whole season, wouldn't that lead you to believe? Wouldn't that lead you to the conclusion that Alex Highsmith can easily eclipse double-digit sacks this year, if not eclipse his sack total from last year? He had three sacks in that week one the yeah, win right. against Cincinnati. He had two and a half sacks against the Browns in the finale, and he had two sacks against the Saints. So he had three multi-sack games last year. That's pretty damn good. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I'm not debating it at all. Uh, so would you? What would you do? What door would you take? As far as extension, as far uh, as the tag thing is tough, because the Steelers have tried to navigate a tag and it hasn't really worked out to their benefit. Really, any of the last couple of times they tagged Terrell Edmonds, obviously he's no longer on the team. They tagged Bud Dupree, he left the very next year. Uh, they tried tagging Le'Veon Bell, we saw how that worked out. Um. So the tag just in Pittsburgh has not worked out great. That doesn't mean it's never going to work out in Pittsburgh. Yeah, and I don't. I don't really know where which direction I lean right now, because I, to be honest, Tom, I never really considered letting him go. I know you. It, the business would dictate that you kind of have to get the deal. Like the the time to do the deal is in the off season before the ex- deal expires. But I really would like to see just one more year. Just to just to be right. sure, just to be sure that he stays healthy and he puts up double digit sacks again, and then I'd really be able, I'd feel a lot more comfortable. Two, three, four year extension with Alex Highsmith. If I had two years that I could call on as kind of a track record to tell me that this guy's for real, this guy can do it, um, at this level in the NFL, and it would be worth fifteen, sixty million dollars a year. Yeah, I mean it's a lot of money. Don't get me wrong, and Especially it's a lot for of, a number two. And that, that's where I was going to go. It's a lot of money for a number, a number two guy. Um, but if you pay him like that and he plays like another number one, it's worth the money, though. Yeah, for sure. And if you if you if you tag him too, uh, what what's going to happen, right? Like, like I said, my opinion on Alex Highsmith hinges a lot on the performance of T.J. Watt and the availability. If DJ Bob plays a full season, I fully expect, and I don't think it's outrageous of me to say this, for Alex Highsmith to get over 15 sacks next season. Because if he did it with TJ Watt on the field for half the season last year, he got to what, 14 and a half last year with TJ on the field for half the season? TJ Watt can play 15, 16 games. Wouldn't that open up the doors for Alex Highsmith to have a great season, a career defining the season? So, so if you tag him then that's, I think it saves you money because I think the market on him could skyrocket. If you sign him, maybe you work out a... I mean, who knows? Omar Khan, the con artist, can do a lot of good for this team. Maybe he maybe he has some sweet spot with Alex Highsmith and they can work out a deal. Hometown deal. Having, having already, maybe having this career-defining season in 2023, it wouldn't matter. Maybe Alex Highsmith says, why get paid somewhere else? And why... why Look at the history, right? Bud Dupree leaves Pittsburgh, does terrible in Tennessee. Le'Veon Bell leaves Pittsburgh, goes to New York, does terrible in New York. Terrell Edmonds, you know, we we'll have see. no idea we'll where he's gonna, what he's going to do in Philadelphia, 
But he chose to leave New York, or he chose to leave Pittsburgh. That's very pro of you to leave out Javon Hargrave, who would be the one example that would just totally undo, <laughs> undo your stuff here. Right, but, but he wasn't tagged. No, they just had to walk away from That's what I'm him, saying. What all the, all the players I'm naming were tagged. And they didn't do well elsewhere. No. No, I mean, if Javon Hargrave was tagged and then left, then I would have to include him. I wish they would have tagged him, to be honest with you. It would have been great. He's, I've still, like, oh, most recent memory, one that got away, it's him. I mean. Oh, without question. San Francisco. I mean, why do well, they need him? Well, eventually. Right, but why do they need him? Like, Well, they didn't even need him in Philly. <laughs> Oh, he's he's tremendous. Um, but but here, here's the here's the thing about Hargrave. I mean, who knows what happens with that with that defensive line if he doesn't leave, right? Like, does Stephon Tuitt eventually come back, or does does Tyson Alualu not get released because his role isn't as important because you have Cam and Hargrave there, right? I mean, now you you could even go as far as to say in in, in 2023, do the Steelers use a uh, a draft pick on Keanu Benton? Probably not. So it's it's always going to be this this uh, butterfly effect of what ifs with Javon Hargrave, but you haven't seen the team just ignore it and say, "Oh, well, we lost Javon Hargrave. There's no chance of trying to rebuild that defensive line now that he's gone." Did you miss any of our show today? You can download full episodes of all SNR podcasts, like The Drive, Steelers Blitz with Wes and Moats, our show, The Steelers Standard, and many more. As I'm choking on my own spit, they're all available on the Steelers mobile app, the iHeartRadio app. And wherever you get your podcasts. Always appreciate you guys giving us a listen. Uh, I just want to say one more time, condolences to the Saverin family and to all of Pittsburgh. All of of Pittsburgh, Um, all of his closest friends. If you missed our first episode, you're just catching this one. It was uh, all about Stan. So if you want to give that a listen, we played uh, back what Art Rooney had to say, what Guy Junker had to say as well. So it was was really cathartic to listen to, you know, Mm -hmm. those guys talk and just to, to reminisce about Stan a little bit. So... Uh, rest in peace to the Godfather, Stan Saverin, and for Jacob Recht, I'm Tom Offerman, and we'll be back again next week with some more Steelers Standard. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.